Hello, and welcome to Rotary Youth Exchange Tips and Tricks. I'm your host, Maya, and today I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to welcome Daniel to the show. Daniel went on his Rotary Youth Exchange to Taiwan in 2014-2015, and he's a prime example of exactly what you should be aiming to do in your language learning. He really dedicated himself to learning Mandarin, and he's since been able to reap the benefits of having worked so hard to learn Mandarin, as he'll talk about. Uh, his job now as a tour guide living in Granada, Spain, where he's currently studying to become a dentist, still gives him the opportunity to practice his language on a regular basis, which I know myself and many other exchange students are probably envious of, that opportunity to still be able to use your exchange language in a working setting. Daniel was super helpful and all of his advice really speaks true to me. I even learned a couple things. So I would definitely recommend that you take his advice and put just as much dedication and love into your host language as he did. Our email, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about today's episode, is rotex5360 at gmail.com. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> okay, so first off, what language did you learn when you were on exchange? I learned Chinese Mandarin. Wow, that's a difficult one. I mean, a lot of people really overestimate the difficulty of the language, but it's honestly not as hard as a lot of people think. Okay. So then how different is it from English? Is there any way you could give us a quick example or a mini lesson of some sort? I mean, it is completely 100% different from English. It uses different grammar rules. It's obviously not written in any letters. And um, it's a tonal language. So if you want me to give you a little lesson, what I can do, um, the, first things that I, the first thing that I learned when I was learning Chinese was about the tones. So they do have four tones and a fifth silent tone, uh, meaning that you really have to have a good eye, uh, sorry, a good ear for listening to these tones. The first one being high and flat, the second one going up, the third one slowly going down then going back up and the fourth one like you're slamming to the ground the fifth one being kind of a neutral tone so when you hear the difference you go ah 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 and those are the four tones and each word is made up of those four tones wow <laughs> i know the people who went to taiwan in my year were always scared of the tones and that was always something that kind of scared our group <laughs> going out i mean as soon as you get the get the gist of it it's not as hard but you do have to listen like I can always I always use the example of the word ma so if I go ma it's mom if I go ma it's horse if I go ma it's hemp and if I go ma it means to scold but then at the end of every question you say the word ma which is a neutral tone wow <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not it's not as hard as soon as you get used to it, but that's usually what people struggle with the most. And I feel like that's the most important part in learning Chinese. Okay. So then when or how did you start the language when you heard that this was going to be the country that you were going to be going to? Um, when I heard that this was the country I was going to, I went to the Calgary Chinese Cultural Center. I did start here in Canada. 
I did some classes, which were two hours every Saturday for about eight or nine weeks. And there you learn really, really, really basic stuff. But like I said, the teacher puts a lot of emphasis on the tones. And then, I mean, that's honestly the thing that I learned the most out of here. And then when I got to Taiwan, I think I knew how to say like, hello, count to like 10, but really have to think about it. Uh, my name is and... Um, you know, I knew my tones. Yeah, fair. So then when you got to Taiwan, what was your big introduction to Mandarin Chinese there? I feel like just getting out of the airport was already like looking around you and seeing that um, everything was written in these symbols and you had no idea what was around you or what was written anywhere around you. But with regards to like, the, my first month there, we didn't have any Chinese classes as Rotary students. And so I was just surrounded by nobody who spoke English. Everything was written in a symbol. And um, it wasn't until late September or early October where I finally started having some Chinese lessons paid for by Rotary. Wow. So then did you ever get to writing? Because obviously speaking and writing is a totally different objective um with mandarin chinese did you ever fully master writing or so before i left when i was at my march orientation i know the guy who went to taiwan the year before me or the one who was there at the orientation he told me that don't even focus on writing there's no point in it it's so difficult blah blah, blah. but i said you know what i can probably do this i did i tried so hard to learn as much writing as i possibly could um i know like Nowadays, because it has been five years, I I can still read and type conversational Chinese. But there has been a lot of words that, for example, I've forgotten to write with a pencil just because there's so many details. Wow. Well, hats off to you for that. Thank you. I know a lot of extreme students don't come that far with their writing, certainly. I mean, it is difficult. I, I'm not going to say I'm a master of Chinese. I'd still say I'm, after my one year, I was maybe beginner, intermediate level, but I did progress a lot compared to other exchange students. So what would you say the difference is? It's beautiful for the example that you have experience in the classroom and then experience in Taiwan, really learning by immersion. What would you say the difference is between learning in the classroom and learning by just not having any English speakers around you and having to pick things up? A difference, I guess, in my classroom, obviously, my teacher did speak English, um, and I was with three other exchange students. I, I feel like I personally enjoyed the classroom environment a lot when it came to learning uh, the language and, you know, getting the grammar, getting the vocabulary. And then when I was out in the real world with um, in, at my school, no other exchange students there or at home that's when I really got the chance to practice it. So when I was out in the real world, if anybody spoke minimal English, I told them, do not speak English to me unless I ask you to. So it is difficult to also practice it out there just because everybody wants to practice their English with you, but you have to be really tough on that to make sure that you practice and practice with them and don't let them speak English to you. Yeah, that's a really good point. I know I had to work hard on that in Switzerland as well. Everyone always wants to practice with English speakers. Yeah. So obviously you mentioned before that barely anyone uh, spoke English around you in Taiwan. 
for those people that didn't speak English, how did you communicate with them if you just straight up didn't speak the same language as them? Oh my goodness, this, <laughs> a lot of the times um, I would pull out Google Translate, like somebody had to do it. There would, there would be no way to communicate my desires or whatever they were trying to tell me. Um, or honestly, just really pick up that charades game and try to find out what words they do know in English and then really work your way around that because, or draw a picture. I don't know. Just, you have to find a way. <laughs> it's just about getting creative. Did you find Google Translate really worked at getting your ideas across? At least the gist of the idea. Like if it was, if it was forming a complete sentence, um, they would sort of get where you're going just because Google Translate does have like, it's pretty iffy, it has, does have those errors. But um, if it was just like a specific word, usually it did get my idea across. So now, like, let's take you back to your first couple months where you are doing a lot of hand signals, a lot of Google Translating. Uh, yeah. How did you feel being in that situation, not knowing how to speak the language and really just getting up every day hoping you'd be able to try to communicate with someone oh god it was so frustrating so I remember at the very beginning like I was like three weeks in obviously I was not going to be a master of the language in three weeks I just remember calling my parents and crying we're like not crying but being so frustrated about how I could not express what I wanted that I felt like a baby that it was just so difficult but I had to keep going they told me well this is what you decided to do you decided to go so now you have to deal with it and at the end of the day that's what I had to do I had to deal with it and it it was just really frustrating that I I was also very very tired a lot of the time with my host sister who was the one who I would say taught me the most Chinese in the real world um I would say okay we I would wake up maybe at eight or nine and then we would hang out almost all day, especially before school started. And I would tell her, okay, we'll speak Chinese until 12 or one o'clock, like mostly Chinese, because by the, by 12 or one, I was fatigued. I was, I could not, my brain was just, no, please, no more Chinese. Just let me relax and speak in English. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that as well. My first month of exchange was probably the most exhausted I've ever been in my life. Yeah, you get, you're, just because you start thinking about so many things that you don't usually think about in your regular life. Yeah, exactly. Your mind's on overdrive at all times. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that Rotary helped get you classes earlier, but can you tell us the whole story about how Rotary helped you to learn versus maybe how you helped yourself to learn the language? Um, how Rotary helped me learn the language was, well, I'm really a motivated individual when it came to learning the language. So my Rotary in Taiwan did have a speech competition when, in January. So they had announced it to us um, at the beginning of our year saying, in January, we will have a speech competition. Whoever gets first place, I think we won, um, I think it was around 30 Canadian dollars or 40 Canadian dollars, which in Taiwan, that goes a really long way. Um, so, and that you would be able to do the speech at the annual multi-district conference. So that would be in front of like a thousand people, you just speaking Chinese, delivering your speech. So to some people who don't like public speaking, that's a bit of a, like a 
scares you away. But I really like public speaking and I was really motivated and I really wanted to get first place. And um, I honestly uh, really wanted to learn a different language. So Rotary helped me through motivating me through that competition, as well as they helped pay for some classes for the four of us exchange students in, in my area up from late September to late December. Um, and then as what, as it goes for learning by myself, I mean, like I said, I was just really highly motivated and I didn't let anybody tell me that, no, you couldn't learn Chinese. It's so difficult. I knew that I could do it and I worked so hard to do it. Yeah. So, so can you describe the language competition in a little bit more detail? Did you, was there a topic for the speech? Or did you just write anything you wanted to publicly say? So it was mostly just about talking about your life in Taiwan. I think that was the guideline that they gave us. But you could honestly talk about anything that you wanted. I, the majority of people obviously talked about their life in Taiwan. I feel like that was just the easiest thing to go for. Um, and could you repeat the second part of your question? Sorry. Oh, and then just like how, I mean... You really answered it right there. Like what (laughs) general guidelines or just any more specifics you had about it that you feel like might be useful to anyone who might be entering a language competition at some point. Um, The thing that obviously like I wrote the majority of my speech and I wrote the content, but obviously I did have help from like my host sister or my host family on things that I should say, Um, especially to kind of, adapt a little bit more to the people who were actually judging your competition rather than adapting it to sort of exchange students which is what most people would want to do and kind of what I wanted to do as well adapt it to the Taiwanese people who are there so they like your speech more and then you're more likely to win I guess you could say yeah good strategy and asking for help definitely helps with things as well for all of you exchange students out there you don't have to do everything on your own. Like people can help you with your essays. Obviously, yeah, I get the help. And then while you get the help, you get the vocabulary along the way. Yeah, exactly. So do you consider yourself a talkative person uh, in Canada or in Spain where you're living right now? And do you feel like being naturally chatty made it easier or more difficult to be in your situation in Taiwan? I do consider myself quite of a talkative person. I mean, it does depend on on the environment and the situation that I'm in, but being in Taiwan and not speaking the same language as the people that didn't stop me. I, I found a way to communicate with people and I was actually the teachers about two or three times in, at the beginning of my year were like, Daniel, you need to stop disrupting the class just because <laughs> the people around me, I was just like trying to talk to them and they were busy working on something I mean the class wasn't going on but they were I don't know doing some homework or painting I did have a lot of painting classes the teachers would tell me you need to let the students work because you're just trying to talk and talk to them and that that was that was it wasn't an issue for me but it was an issue for them and then can you just I mean obviously you might not have had a ton of fear with just talking to people um but maybe from what you've heard or from what you personally experienced and maybe just pushed aside how scary is it just walking up to someone who you know you can't really properly speak to and just going for it and speaking to them I didn't think it was 
too scary because at the end of the day they don't understand you so <laughs> and you won't understand them they it, it's usually usually both people find the conversation funny at least because you're trying so hard to understand each other that um you would just get a, a laugh out of it so i didn't think it was it was too scary at least in taiwan the people were very welcoming and they were super open and if i wanted to they they really encouraged me to learn the language and they were really impressed when i did learn anything so that really helped out Okay, so now coming back to a point we touched on way back in the episode. Mm-hmm. How important is proper pronunciation and having a nice accent in your language versus just concentrating on grammar and speaking with a very anglophone tone? I would say okay, pronunciation in in Mandarin Chinese is ridiculously important. You don't necessarily have to have the perfect accent because they can tell that you have an accent, but Um something I remember an event when I did go out to buy a drink that had pineapple in it. And so in Mandarin you would say feng li, but I said something like feng li or feng feng li and then they the girl who was attending me she was like I don't know what you're saying she was like huh 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 so pronunciation definitely is key in this language grammar wise Chinese has such a simple grammar anybody could learn it. It's the word order is just so logical. That's the the structure of the language that that's what makes it so easy to learn especially speaking is because the grammar is really easy and then you have one word no conjugations for absolutely anything. So if you want to say like I am, you are, he is, that that conjugation doesn't exist. You just say for everything wow so grammar not that not as important it's also very very easy and pronunciation is definitely key so if you are learning a tonal language focus a lot on the tones so do you have any tips for learning a language other than paying a tutor other than paying a tutor um Personally, I will say this side note that I did after rotary classes finished, I did pay a teacher to have one-on-one classes with her. But one thing that I would recommend is, is taking your free time or taking times especially in school if you are really really bored and school doesn't count for you, for example, like it did for me, like it did for me. Um when you're bored in school or when you're sitting alone or when you have free time, write things down listen to um audios i try to always watch tv movies or simple things like reading children's books um and at least for me when it came to the writing the chinese i would look at the word write it out like 10 or 15 times like you did in kindergarten or grade 3 with like the handwriting like the letter a you would write it over and over and over again to practice. And then the last thing that I did which I found really really helped me was throughout the day when I was with my family or with another student or somebody who spoke Chinese, um when they said a word that I didn't know, I asked them what it meant and I would write that word down. Then throughout the day, 
I would try to use that word as much as possible in any situation that I could find. And then the next day, I would do the same thing. And so I journaled my entire exchange. And in my journal, every day, there is a word of the day. And I feel like that helped me to gain a lot of vocabulary. Yeah, that's a great idea. I never thought of that, but I wish I had done that during my exchange now, looking back. Yeah, just make sure you keep, you, even if it's just one word a day, just pick that one word and use it over and over and over and over again in any situation that you can find. And then eventually you'll learn it. Yeah, and then it'll be stuck in your long-term memory forever. Yeah, yeah forever and ever. <laughs> So this next one's a little bit more philosophical, but I know it's definitely something I've been asked by people before. Mm -hmm. So some studies say that language actually shapes the way that we see the world or the way that we think. Do you feel like learning Mandarin Chinese has shaped your personality or general way of thinking at all? Like, um, I wouldn't say it has generally affected my personality. I feel like the cu- the culture of Taiwan definitely affected me and changed me as a person, helped me grow. And I feel like to learn the culture, you need to learn the language. I feel like um, specifically to like Mandarin Chinese hasn't, I guess, changed me as a person. It was more so the whole experience in itself. But um, it has changed my life in the sense that you usually don't see a Latino or a white person walking down the street speaking Chinese. So basically anytime that I encounter somebody that speaks Chinese and I start speaking Chinese to them, their eyes gape wide open and their mouth is open and everybody's always a reaction of shock. And it actually landed me my tour guide job as well, being able to speak Chinese and, you know, it's changed my life for the better in in those ways. But personality wise, I don't, I personally think it was more so the whole experience rather than specifically the language, but the language is what contributes to the experience. Very well put. So looking back, were all of the hours and hours of Ardo's work that you spent learning the language worth it in the end? Like what Uh was your feeling being able to speak to locals? (laughs) Fantastic. I felt so cool. If I'm being honest with you. I sort of felt like I had this superpower because before going on exchange, I would look at Chinese and say, how, how the F am I going to learn this? This is unbelievably hard. And then when I could finally read something or communicate with somebody and all of that, I felt like I had a superpower. Just knowing that I was not Asian and I spoke the language and I learned one of what is classified as one of the hardest languages in the world. Yeah, that's amazing. And congratulations. No, thank you. <laughs> it, it does, learning a language in, with regards to your exchange, like people say, does open up a lot of opportunities, even if you don't, even if they're not immediate. I know that like learning Chinese, the past like two or three years after my exchange, I didn't really see the benefit of it apart from having people surprised. But like I said, it did, for example, land me a job as a tour guide just because I spoke Chinese and nobody else did. So it, if you speak Danish, if you speak um, Norwegian, like any other language like that, eventually, like, life will pay it back. Yeah, for sure. And I can second that as a former exchange yeah. student as well. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Daniel. That was incredibly helpful advice. Yeah, I do encourage them, encourage exchange students to obviously enjoy your exchange, but also put a lot of effort into that language because it will make it a lot better. Yeah, especially the second half of the exchange when you have time to have fun and go out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you very much. No, thank you for inviting me. I hope hope it helps everybody out there. Mm -hmm.